My name is Humble Gray, and I am a Mississippi farmer. Today, ladies and gentlemen, I bring you a little-known episode from this, our presidential election year. I refer to no less than the very first debate between our glorious president, Mr. Donald J. Trump, and the one man foolish enough to challenge him for the Oval Office, that rascally Joe Biden. Now, what's that you say? There's been no such debate yet? Well, allow me to disabuse you of that idea. It happened a week after the convention, see? The president was sitting there behind the resolute desk, working on his policies for the country over the next four years. Not at all premature, since it's pretty much a given he'll be winning a second term. Suddenly, Mr. Trump's Jewish son-in-law, Jared Kushner, knocked to come in, even though the door was open. Heck, the commander-in-chief's door is always open, but be that as it may, Jared knocked and the president bid him enter. Before the boy could speak, however, the president handed him a sheath of papers. Read this, says Mr. Trump, and tell me what you think, because I believe that if I bring the weight of the presidency to bear on this strategy I've mapped out, by the end of my second term, every American will be a millionaire, and every shelter animal will have been adopted. That's extraordinary, says Jared. But then he asked, what about the billionaires? Does this mean there'll only be millionaires in 2024? No, no, says Mr. Trump. They'll still be billionaires. I just mean everyone who isn't a millionaire will be one, and likely have a few new dogs and cats besides. That tears it, says Jared. I'm converting from Judaism so I can become a good Baptist like you. Good for you, says the president. Is that what you came to tell me? No, sir, says Jared. There's something else. Mr. Trump sat back in his chair and threaded his fingers over his chest. What seems to be the issue? Well, sir, says Jared, I've just been contacted by Joe Biden's team. The Democrats want to have a debate, and I mean right away. The commander-in-chief sighed. I was afraid of something like this, says he. There's no way Joe Biden could possibly be ready for that. His mind is too weak and enfeebled, and I refuse to take advantage of his sorry state. Tell them no, I will not debate. Not this early, anyway. But if you don't meet him, says Jared, the country might think you're running scared. And if I do meet him, says Mr. Trump, I'll be running roughshod over a poor old man. Something my conscience cannot abide, no sir. It's true, Trump is second to none when it comes to verbal battle, having honed such skills in his youth as captain of his Bible college's debating team. And as a man of honor, he refused to use those skills to destroy a lesser opponent. So he sat tight, and that would have been the end of the matter, except the Democrats would not let it lie. Later that day, as the president worked feverishly on legislation to send all orphans to agriculture school for free so that they might farm the land and feed the country, Jared Kushner rushed back into the Oval Office. Mr. President, says he, the Democrats are on CNN right now, accusing you of cowardice for not debating Biden. Donald Trump laid down his pen and said patiently, if a wise man has an argument with a fool, the fool only rages and laughs and there is no quiet. Proverbs 29.9. You want me to call into the show and tell them that, says Jared? No, says the commander-in-chief. I'll leave it to the American people to sort that out. They've all read the good book as well. 
I doubt Biden has, says Jared. The boy then left, but two hours later was back before the resolute desk and in a veritable tizzy besides. Billboards, cries he. The Democrats have taken out billboards across the country. And what do those billboards say, asked Mr. Trump. Forgive me, sir, says Jared. I'm only repeating, but they say, they say, Donald Trump has a yellow streak. Mr. President, you've got to debate. To which his father-in-law replied, but I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Matthew 5.22. Then he took, then he shook his head solemnly and said, no, Jared, I shall not debate. But they are a ruthless adversary, the Democrat Party, with no compunction about dragging innocence into the fray. For late that night, as the president sat vetoing a liberal-sponsored bill to force pregnant female soldiers into active combat, not on my watch, he mumbled to himself, Jared returned, this time with tears in his eyes. What is it, my boy, says Mr. Trump? The Democrats, says he, his voice quavering, they've just released this television commercial, nationally. Then he took out his cellular telephone and played it on the screen. Look, says he. The president watched as the advertisement unfolded. The image of Ivanka, his cherished daughter and Jared's beloved bride, appeared as a voiceover said, Donald Trump, Donald Trump is too chicken to debate Joe Biden, so that means his offspring Ivanka is probably a chicken too. Then a beak and feathers were superimposed on the girl as the buck, buck, buck sound of a chicken played. The ad ended with, I'm Joe Biden and I approve this message. Mr. Trump sat silently for a moment and then, without lifting his head, intoned, Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Ephesians 6.10 Then he looked up at Jared, who would later swear he saw orange flames leaping in the president's eyes. Tell the Democrats, says he in a quiet, steady voice, that I will debate. And so, ladies and gentlemen, the stage was set for a confrontation between the greatest leader our nation has yet known and his unworthy opponent. Now the thing is, you might assume, and logically so, that after such provocation, our commander-in-chief would be more than eager to use this opportunity to expose Joe Biden's muddled thinking to the entire nation. But there's this fellow you might have heard of, name of Jesus, and he taught us to love our enemies, something that Donald Trump was determined to do. So he made a deal with the Biden campaign, insisting that the debate be pre-taped instead of broadcast live on network television. He also specified that it must be held in some out-of-the-way venue that would attract little media attention. But why, asked Jared, still steaming over the aspersions cast against his wife. To protect Joe, says the president, for you must bless those who curse you and pray for those who mistreat you. Luke 6.28 Dang, says Jared, I really have to convert. No fooling. Now, folks, you may wonder how I, a simple Mid-South farmer, am privy to this furtive episode in the run-up to Election Day. Well, that's easily explained, for you see, the locale chosen for the Trump-Biden debate? Lodge 23 of the Improved Order of Heptisoffs, right here in Truvo, Mississippi. That's right, and yours truly, Farmer Gray, was in the audience the very night that the two candidates went head-to-head. -head. We were right up close, in fact, for the lodge had no stage, and the only way to accommodate the event was to circle round on folding chairs 
with our guests occupying the open floor. To keep things extra secret, the moderator was no big-time television journalist, but Lodge President Norman Rice, proprietor of Rice Fencing and Posts. If, as they say, good fences make good neighbors, Norman's been keeping Truvo neighborly for near 30 years. Only trouble is, he has a distinct stutter. Hasn't held him back in business or the heptasofts, but it did put him at a disadvantage when it came to asking questions of the candidates. The, the ladies and g- g- gentlemen, says Norman, w- w- welcome to the f- f- first d- d- debate of the p- 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 presidential race. Joe Biden rolled his eyes upon hearing the moderator's verbal affliction, but Mr. Trump just listened patiently. There will be a series of questions for each of our candidates to, at this, Biden shouted, holy smokes, man, I had a stutter and I got over it, so you get over it too, and I mean right now, or else you just sit down and let someone who can talk take your place. Poor Norman. He was doing his best, and now he looked like he was about to cry. But Mr. Trump, he intervened, and thank heavens he did. Now, Joe, says the president softly, no need to be so obstreperous. Then he walked over to Norman and said, Sir, I may be able to help. Do you accept Jesus Christ into your heart and reject the devil's lies? Yes, says Norman. In that case, says Mr. Trump, laying a gentle hand across the man's mouth. Dear Lord, Scourge this infirmity from our brother's tongue, that he may carry the word to all who will hear. At which point Norman's eyes rolled back into his head and then, after a few frightening seconds, righted themselves again. The president took his hand away and said, Speak ye now with thy true voice. What happened? says Norman. What phenomenon has manifested as a sequela to your exertions? And the audience sat in silence. Stunned that God had worked a miracle through Mr. Trump's hands. But I wasn't surprised. No, indeed. For the Lord has evinced himself throughout this presidency. Now then, says the commander-in-chief, let us proceed. Hocus pocus, sniffed Biden. Smoke and mirrors. But Mr. Trump just smiled. Whatever you say, Joe, says he, I'll not argue this point. Now, gentlemen, says Norman, Each of you will have two minutes to answer the questions chosen for tonight's debate. At the end of that two minutes, you will hear this sound, and he clanged the cowbell that was sitting on a small table beside him. That will signal you to stop and allow the other candidate to reply. Do you understand the rules? Yes, sir, says the president, deferentially. I get it, I get it, mumbled Biden, obviously irritated. All right, then, says Norman. We'll start with you, Mr. Trump. The first question is... You've presided over perhaps the most successful presidency of all time. You drained the swamp in Washington, restored prosperity, and made the United States the most respected and envied nation on earth, all while maintaining a 2.4 handicap on your many golf courses. So I ask you, sir, how the heck did you do it? Oh, well, says the commander-in-chief, blushing a bit. Let me correct you on one thing. I'm afraid my handicap is 2.8. A good-natured chuckle rose from the crowd. As for the rest, says he, I just relied on the lessons learned growing up on the farm in rural America. Trust in Jesus and always tell the truth. See, it's a secret that didn't even take two minutes to tell. Norman chuckled and turned to Biden. All right then, Mr. Former Vice President, says he, I throw the question to you. 
How do you think Mr. Trump has managed to do such an excellent job as president? What, says Biden? What kind of a question is that? Oh, says Norman, would you like a different one? I certainly would, says the erstwhile member of the Obama administration. Now you ask me something I want to answer. Um, okay, says Norman, shuffling through his papers. How about this one? Of all President Trump's great achievements, which one was the most valuable? Keeping out the Guatemalans or saving the country from Obamacare? He looked up at Biden. No? Okay, here's another. Where on Mount Rushmore should President Trump's image be carved? To the right of George Washington or the left of Lincoln? Left of Lincoln, shouted an audience member, septic contractor Hank Ballard. Quiet down, Hank, says Norman. You're not in this debate. Just my two cents, says Hank. Just my two cents. The scowl had not left Biden's face, so Norman tried another question. One more, says he, and this one surely you'll like. All right, says Biden, but no more malarkey. No, sir, says Norman. I only ask your opinion, Mr. Ex-Vice President, and be honest now. Yes, says Biden. Do you think, says Norman, do you think that during President Trump's second term, his wife Melania should redo the Oval Office, or would they be better off hiring a professional decorator? With this, Biden exploded, began swearing in front of the crowd, and then turned on Donald Trump and called him every name in the book, at least if that book were entitled 100 Obscene Names to Shout at Your Country's Leader. But though the crowd was aghast, the president, he kept his head, for he noticed something when he looked into his opponent's eyes. A certain blank stare, as if the body and mouth were moving, but the mind was under somebody else's control. Biden demonstrated, in other words, all the signs of a hypnotic trance. Clearly, someone had grabbed control of the Democrat campaign and mesmerized him into doing their bidding. This has all the earmarks of the radical liberal hunter, thought Trump, and something must be done about it. So he sprang into action. The president moved quickly toward the flailing, screaming Biden and grabbed him. Grabbed him tight in a bear hug and then he cried, Release this man, Lord Jesus. Release him from the devil's influence and bring him back to himself. And with that, Biden gasped and his arms fell limply to his sides as if some powerful engine had ceased to function. Then Mr. Trump lowered him gently to the floor. It was only after moments of silence that Biden seemed to come back to himself and said, What? What happened? It's all right, Joe, says Mr. Trump. Someone enslaved your mind, but you're free now. But, but those things I could hear myself saying, those terrible, terrible things. Don't worry, Joe, says the president. It wasn't you talking. It was the radicals. But I shouted obscenities at the commander-in-chief, says Biden, his eyes tearing. Oh, Lord, please forgive me. And he wrapped his arms around Mr. Trump's legs and wept. Only after much reassurance was he convinced that he wasn't in any trouble and had broken no actual laws. Then, a blanket draped over his shoulders, he was led from the building by his campaign team, thus ending the first presidential debate. Destroy the tape, the president whispered to his own team. If this got out, Biden would be ruined. But that would assure your re-election, says his campaign manager. Use your judgment. Mercy triumphs over judgment, says Mr. Trump, James 2.13. Hearing this, Jared Kushner said, Sir, with your blessing, I'd like to skip observance at my Jewish house of worship this weekend and join you Sunday for the Baptist service. 
The president smiled. That would be fine, Jared. That would be fine. Yes, sir. Play me out, Zeke. <laughs>